This is Crosscut Reports. I'm Maliha Sayed. Today, we're looking at how people in Washington are feeling about next year's presidential election. Some voters would prefer to have Democratic and Republican nominees who are not named Joe Biden or Donald Trump. A recent Crosscut Elway poll of around 400 registered voters in Washington found that many respondents are dissatisfied with America's political system. They also have a pessimistic view of major issues the country is facing, such as gun violence and immigration. In this episode, Crosscut State Politics reporter Joseph O'Sullivan breaks down some key takeaways from the poll, including people's attitudes about the upcoming election, their thoughts on the leading candidates, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, and the factors that are going to influence who they choose for president. So I think the first kind of overarching question is just what is this poll? Could you explain it a little bit and what the broad theme is? Well, you know, this this year, 2023, just in fact, this week, we uh, finished up our uh, local elections in Seattle, Spokane, Tacoma, Bellingham and places all around the state. And so, you know, it, it was it's time to start looking forward, whether people like it or not, to 2024. We've got a a big presidential election. Of course, we have a lot of big state elections in Washington State uh, next year to Washington Attorney General's office, et cetera. Um, but we wanted to take a look at, you know, how people are feeling right about now as we go into next year's general election. And we already have a pretty good idea about who the, the Democratic and the Republican nominees are going to be. We, you know, incumbent uh, Democratic President Joe Biden and the former president of the United States, uh, Donald Trump. What were some of the takeaways that you saw just looking at the poll and seeing how people responded? How are people feeling going into 2024 and going into this upcoming election? Um, I wouldn't say the mood is is great among the people polled. I mean, I, you know, people across the political spectrum, and this is a cross-cut uh, Stuart Elway poll. And so one of the questions that we asked was, you know, are you feeling generally optimistic or pessimistic, you know, about the following things? On climate change, 27% of, of those polled were optimistic and 43% were pessimistic. Uh, the national economy, 31% said they were optimistic, while 54% said they were pessimistic. Inequality in America, 24% optimistic, 49% pessimistic, and so on and so forth. Uh, immigration, race relations in the U.S., gun violence in the U.S. So I think wherever you look on it, in the electorate, I mean, people people are sort of coming with questions with, you know, like we have some problems and, and how are we going to fix them? Yeah, and in this first question in the poll, it just asks people to grade America's political system and where they're at. And the average was a D for unsatisfactory. Well, we're getting a D right now. Yeah. <laughs> was that surprising? No, I, you know, I don't think so. We've, you know, the nation's been increasingly polarized over the years. Political and cultural divisions have deepened. And of course, we saw that very much on display uh, in the last several years. You know, the 2016 election was, uh, presidential election was very contentious. He's been my candidate from day one because he's not a politician. I'm sickened. I'm without words. I thought for sure that Hillary would win this election. After the 2020 election, the former president, you know, pushed to overturn the results. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing. And and everybody's sort of fired up, right? No matter what side of that thing you're on, um, you're you're concerned and and worried and, and possibly angry. 
That's what was interesting is you look at these two leading candidates who you mentioned, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, who have both served as president. And there were criticisms of both of them. Um, and some of them were similar. Some of them were really unique to each president. Could you talk about sort of what those distinctions were? Yeah. I, well, first of all, I think every presidential election, you know, the, the dynamic is a little different. And the dynamic that we have going on, assuming, you know, these are the two nominees, but I think that's that's it. If we looked at it today, that's a pretty safe assumption. Um, these two players have been around a long time. People are not like thrillingly in love with them uh, for different reasons. A lot of people are concerned about uh, Joe Biden's age, um, you know, and that's from from our poll. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things is, is that President Biden's eighty years old, but but Trump is only seventy seven. Right. Um, so I, th- you know, and if you go out and talk to people, I mean. There are people that just like, well, okay, it's you know two more old guys on the ballot, and I'm going to have to you know choose between one or the other. Although most people have their mind made up already, which is another finding in this poll. So for Biden, it's you know, can he still do the job? People for Trump mentioned um, corrupt. That was you know 45 percent of those polled said Trump is corrupt. Uh, in comparison, 29 percent of those polled called Biden corrupt. 18 percent said both were corrupt. And then some say neither's a strong leader. So it seems to set the tone how people are feeling about these presidential candidates going in, kind of this pessimism that you were talking about at the top of the the conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, if, if you're the, the type of voter that had sort of drags yourself to the presidential polls every four years and the choice is, you know, chicken or fish or something, and, you, you know, you sort of have to choose. And that's a that is a thing about our country. We're like 330 million people. We could probably be 10 different countries culturally, regionally politically around the nation. Uh, but it all boils down at the end of the way to a Democrat and a Republican, more or less. Now, we did have some interesting polling on independent candidates Yeah, in this as well. Yeah, I, I was interested because it seemed like when the poll asked about independent candidates, namely, I think it was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Cornell West, and when they were thrown into the mix, that seemed to shake up the numbers a little bit. It was an interesting question to ask. So, you know, first we asked about uh, Trump and Biden, and, and then we asked, well, uh, if there are a couple of independent candidates running who may take the ballot in the state, who would you be inclined to vote for? And so in Washington state, uh, Joe Biden got 37 uh, percent. Donald Trump got 25 percent. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. got 9 percent and independent Cornell West got 3 percent. You know, so so some of the stuff in here is interesting. Um, the, the current president, Biden, is not doing great in the poll right now in Washington state. Now, does that mean he's going to lose Washington state in November next year? Probably not. I mean, we we vote pretty standard for uh, Democrats in this state. But the interesting thing on the on the side about Trump is that uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is pulling more from Republicans than Democrats. It's a little ironic because a lot of like re- Republican TV commentators and stuff were sort of pushing Robert Kennedy uh, earlier uh, when he was running as a Democrat. Democratic presidential candidate RFK Jr. testified about government censorship and surprise, surprise. The Democrats on the committee tried to censor him. But now he's running as an independent, and it looks like um, he might hurt uh, conservatives more. And then, you know, you have uh, the independent Cornell West, the public uh, intellectual and author and um, uh, speaker and thinker. And just this week, a third-party candidate jumped into the race, Dr. Cornell West, who launched his bid as a member of the People's Party. And Dr. Uh, it's West. funny. I know uh, there's a neighborhood in, in East Olympia, and... If you want to get a sense of, of how divided we are, and Olympia is a pretty progressive town, but there's like one house with a Trump flag, and then the next house has a Cornell West for president <laughs> sign. So you really get, you know, you get a, a full spectrum. Yeah. 
been kind of going back to some of those issues that you were talking about, the poll itself asks people across the board, you know, how they're feeling about inequality, race relations, immigration, climate change. I mean, really broad issues that the country's facing and grappling with. And every single measure they polled quite pessimistically. Yeah. And I don't know... And somebody smarter than me can speak to this, but I don't know that they're ever like super, everybody's ever super optimistic about everything. Right. But it, but the, in this the poll, and I think we have a couple other other questions we'll get to in a second here, really sort of underscores the um, the people really aren't feeling great right now about our politics and and what's getting done or, or not getting done, and and the magnitude of the problems confronting us, uh, depending on what you you know sort of what's on your mind. Yeah, and and thinking about some of the issues that people are grappling with when they're going into this election. How are they feeling really broadly when they were asked to talk about the upcoming election? And what are some of their feelings when they were asked to boil it down to one or two words? So this was certainly an interesting one. We, we basically asked an open-ended question. You know, how would you describe your feelings about the upcoming election in, in one or two words? 19%. So one in five of those polled uh, basically said worried or scared, um, anxious, uneasy, concerned. Uh, 16% said positive or some variety of that. 13% said discourage. Uh, 9%, so one out of every 10 voter uh, polled roughly said horror show slash mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, pollster Stuart Elway toned that one down a little. He, the word he was actually hearing more than once was shit show, apparently. <laughs> it was a nice euphemism. <laughs> it was a nice euphemism, yeah. And then you know, 8%, you know, a threat to democracy. I mean, people are really tuned in. You know, we, we just went through January 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, in Washington, Oregon, the Northwest, of course, we see a lot of Politics play out in street battles on the streets of Portland and Olympia, a little bit on Seattle, too. We are tracking breaking news coming out of Olympia tonight. Police there have declared a riot as opposing groups held simultaneous protests. So so these clashes are around and and people are seeing them in a way that, you know, probably haven't seen in in a a few generations. I mean, the 1960s, of course, was was sort of turbulent in that sense. But but people are are broadly aware. And and the interesting thing about that is um, it's sort of across the political uh, spectrum. So if you're a Democrat or a progressive, you watched January 6th and uh, you saw this effort to uh, overturn uh, the presidential election results. If you're a conservative, you know, you, you have some skepticism of the voting system. Now, Washington's system is pretty safe and secure, uh, especially compared to most states, with paper balloting and everything that we do. Uh, but of course, if, if you've lived long enough and you're a Republican in this state, you know, you remember the Dino Rossi, Chris Gregoire election. Both Republican Dino Rossi and Democrat Christine Gregoire did at different times claim title as governor-elect. Dino uh, won on the first count and then I think on the second count and then it went, you know, in the courts, uh, Governor Gregoire prevailed. And that was before our current voting system. It was the voting system was was pretty different back then. It was a mix of in person and and mail in ballots. And they've made a lot of changes since. But if you remember that, right, that's probably sticking in your mind. And and for conservatives too, you know, if you're skeptical of government, you just went through a couple of years of some of the strictest pandemic restrictions, right? Uh, stuff that you know nobody ever really saw in in their lifetimes. And I think that kind of leads us to this other bigger question. Um, you know, when people are thinking about who they're going to choose for president. What are some of the big issues and factors that they're going to take into account when they decide to opt for their candidate? Yeah. So, uh, you know, on the one hand, there's probably not a lot of voters that are undecided. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we we did this election four years ago. I can't imagine a lot of Trump voters are 
magically Biden voters now, and I can't imagine a lot of Biden voters are magically Trump voters. You know, but but people are still um, paying attention to issues, of course. The, the single biggest issue that we got in our poll was um, on the economy. That was about 28%. You had uh, the border and immigration at 10%, um, and democracy issues, uh, you know, protecting democracy, uh, bringing the country together, election in- integrity, that was about 9%. And then, and then nine percent of people just said flat out Biden v. Trump. That'll, like that's going to be their decision. Um, crime was six percent. F- climate change was four percent. You know, abortion was three percent. Um, on the one hand, abortion was three percent. On on the other hand, we've you know we've seen Democrats uh, get a resurgence at the ballot box ever since Roe v. Wade was overturned. You know, Democrats had several big victories. One of them, obviously, here in the state of Ohio, when it comes to women's reproductive rights. And then and then foreign affairs uh, has uh, made an appearance, which uh, Stuart Elway said uh, doesn't happen all the time. Uh, about eight percent of people are thinking about that. Of course, right now. You know, we've been uh, supporting uh, Ukraine in the face of the invasion uh, by Russia there. And then, of course, now we have the uh, attack by Hamas on Israeli citizens and the Israeli military and forces are now in an incursion and, and, and bombarding the Gaza Strip. And the United States is is supplying arms and weapons there. And so so people are thinking about these, That you know, they're keeping this stuff in their mind and... Um, you know, who knows? Foreign affairs doesn't always play into the exact like final decision on things. But um, there, you know, there are years where it comes to a higher uh, priority for voters. And one thing that you had mentioned is a lot of or a handful of people are saying they're just opting for a candidate who could beat the other candidate. Um, one thing that Stuart Elway I have in my notes said something along the lines of um, no majority thinks any positive description fits either, but there are a majority of people who think each negative fits one or the other and kind of reinforces this picture of dread of choice or this negative campaign ahead. That seems to be kind of a theme going into 2024 for Washingtonians. Yeah, I think so. And and again, I think part of it's just because, you know, people know these two candidates, uh, these two presidents, really. Um, for for so long now, you know, it's when somebody's brand new, right? You just you don't know them, you don't know their backstory. You haven't been sitting around watching TV uh, whenever they did something that you thought was good or bad, you know. Uh, but that's not the case with with these two. Um, you know, people have been reading about Trump and Biden forever, and uh, you know, they're they're sort of their eyes are opened in that sense. You know, they're not thrilled, but that's kind of the system that, as it is right now. Yeah, it almost feels like the, it's kind of cliche, but the lesser of two evils vote. Yeah, and that's, you know, that ends up being, again, in a country of 330 million where the choices end up being chicken and fish. You know, you just, <laughs> uh, for a lot of people, you you go to the ballot box and sort of hold your nose and, and vote for the one you dislike less. Yeah. People in Washington who responded to this poll were asked about incumbent candidate Maria Cantwell, who is a U.S. senator from Washington. Could you talk about how people responded when they were asked about her running again for election? Sure. So, you know, we asked, uh, how would you rate the job that Senator Cantwell is doing? Uh, 10% said excellent. 25% said good. 25% said fair. 25% said poor. And 15% said no opinion. So, you know, kind of a broad spectrum there. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, Senator Cantwell's running again. A moderate Republican, Raul Garcia, is running. It may wind up being those two on the ballot. Um, and Senator Cantwell is 43%. Uh, Republican, Raul Garcia, 
you, you know, the, the conventional wisdom is for a, an incumbent, you don't ever want to be below 50%, right? Mm. But Democrats at the end of the day generally come out and um, reelect our two senators. They've been here a while. Uh, Maria Cantwell beat uh, Republican Slade Gorton in 2000. Slade Gorton was the last Republican elected to the Senate. That was 1994 out of Washington State. So that sort of shows how the tide has shifted in the federal, you know, statewide offices for senator. It's going to be tough to beat a Democratic uh, ticket here, especially with uh, Trump on the ballot. This poll is maybe unusually, it's pretty early. You know, we still have another year before we even see how things shake out. Um, Do you think there's a lot of potential for change when we're looking at these results? Or do you think people are kind of set when it comes to the candidates that they're going to choose next year? I don't know that there's major surprises if it com- in Washington state right now in you know for president or senator when it comes which way is the state going to go. Uh, but you know politics changes fast, you know, issues come and go really fast. You have no clue what's going to happen between now and uh, next November. Uh, you know, we wanted to do this poll cuz it's a good snapshot right now to to get just get a sense of where things are. It gives you a good baseline because we're going to of course watch how these things evolve over the next, um, you know, 10, 12 months. And and if there is a big sentiment change, right, we'll, we'll be able to track it and, and hopefully even help explain it. Thanks for listening to CrossCut Reports. This episode was reported by Joseph O'Sullivan. It was produced by Sarah Bernard and me, Maliha Sayed. The story editor was Ryan Famuliner. Our executive producer is Sarah Menzies. You can subscribe to Crosscut Reports wherever you listen. And whatever platform you're listening on, please review us. We'd love to know what you think of the show. Also, if you would like to support the work we do at Crosscut, whether it's our lineup of podcasts, the video docuseries we stream every week, or the in-depth reporting we deliver every day, go to crosscut.com membership. In addition to supporting our journalism, members receive complete access to the on-demand programming of Seattle's PBS station, KCTS 9. For the latest political, environmental, and culture news from the Pacific Northwest, visit crosscut.com. That's also where you'll find a text version of the story we discussed today. Crosscut Reports is a product of Cascade Public Media. I'm Maliha Sayed. We'll be back soon with another episode.